Please turn in your Bibles to James chapter 5. Last week we looked at the fact that Jesus says, Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Amen? Today, let's move on to another aspect of prayer, also in the name of Jesus, and this time in James chapter 5. Reading in verse 14, James says, Is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders. Or These are mature believers. Amen? Alright, they're not old people. Okay, when you see an elder, it's not a person in a wheelchair, a little walking cane. I'm an elder. Okay, no, it's not like that. Alright, elders can be any age. Elders are mature believers. This is for you. Alright, now... He says, is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders or mature believers of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Alright? Now notice again that this is done in the name of the Lord. Notice that that part hasn't changed. Alright? Sometimes we miss that. But again, this goes back to when Jesus said, These signs will follow those who believe in my name. You will lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Can we just focus on the sickness part? Yeah, okay, you can do with demons as well. <laughs> and speak in tongues and drink deadly poisonous things and all that stuff. But let's focus on the healing. Because I think that's where we all need it right now. And so that's why I'm, I'm focusing on this verse, particularly in James, where it says again, Is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. As for anointing him or her with oil, it is a physical action with a symbolic significance. Okay? Some people need something physical. Alright, Jesus, remember he spat on the ground? made some clay and stuck in the person's eyes and said, what do you see? And they say, well, now it looks like people look like trees. He goes, okay, let's pray again. And we talked about this last week. If Jesus can pray again, we can pray again. Amen. You know, there was this idea that you can only pray once and anything other than once is in unbelief. Now, we have to be careful that we don't go make up doctrines that don't fit the entire counsel of the Word. Yes, there is an area where you believe, you receive, you do it once. But there are other things that you might need to do more than once. Well, why is that? Because you're not perfect. Amen? Can we just be okay with that? You know, we have off days too. And just because you had an off day, they didn't get their healing, and you're meant to pray once. Is that it? That's all the devil has to do to stop you from praying? From getting God involved? From bringing in the power? From changing a situation around? Really? Religion? You know, that's another form of religion. We have to be careful. Religion takes on so many different forms. And we need to be really careful that we don't allow it to creep in. We can call it word of faith, and we can call it charismatic, and we can call it Pentecostal, but it can still end up being religion. Amen. Can I say what's not? You know, religion isn't a bad word, by the way. Because James speaks of pure religion. Pure religion is based on this. Other stuff is based on experiences and what people think. They get a little bit of the word and a lot of their experience. I'd much rather have all of the word. And let's make some good experiences. And if they don't line up, go back and do it again. When I was talking to somebody just this morning, thank God the scientific world didn't have the same mentality as the religious world. When they ran into a problem, they didn't say, Oh, it's the will of God that we don't fly. If man was meant to fly, he'd have wings. So we won't even try. We'll just write lots of books about how we're not meant to fly. 
Because brother so-and-so tried and died. And sister so-and-so tried and died. So obviously it's not God's... You know, that's the mentality that they use to deal with these things. And yet there's some person that said, No, you know, we're getting it wrong. Let's go and try again. What can we change? What don't we know still that's causing this thing to crash? You know what? Until the thing is flying, until the thing does it all the time, you keep at it. And don't make excuses because you crash a few. You know, they made up a whole agency for that, the FAA, to go and see why you crashed. We'd make a whole religion to say, well, it was God's will. They go say, yeah, you know what? You didn't do this, you didn't do this, and you didn't do it. You did those things, you wouldn't have crashed. Sometimes there's some freaky things happen, okay? But whatever the case is, they work out why it didn't work. They don't say, oh, God wanted to crash that plane today. We do that, and we've got to stop. You know why? Because we don't push towards excellence then. We keep making excuses for the things that go wrong. Call it God's sovereignly or something, and we just throw it in that pile. And it excuses us from going back to God and saying, what did I do wrong? Now that needs to be on both sides. That needs to be on the side of the person receiving, and on the person that's praying. It could be on both sides, because both ends of the stick has a human on it. <laughs> did you hear what I said? Amen? So we can't get all uppity about, well, I'm the minister and you're just the whatever, and if I pray and you don't get healed, it's your fault. Ministers used to do that as well. Naughty. Hey, sweetheart, you're not perfect either. I'm talking to the ministers, not you. Amen? You know, if we just humble ourselves before God, there's no telling where we'll get to. Amen? Expect everything. And don't be afraid to fail. And when you fail, understand it was a failure, not sovereign will of God. You stuffed up somewhere, go figure it out. Amen? Amen. All right. Anointing him or her with oil is a physical action with a symbolic significance, especially of setting the sick apart to be ministered to in a special way by the Holy Spirit, in addition to the Lord healing them. So, when he talks about anointing him with oil... In the name of the Lord, now we have an additional action here. Can you see that? Before Jesus said to lay hands, in my name they shall lay hands and they'll recover. Here we have an additional function, and that is oil and laying, in, laying on of hands, which we'll find out, and in the name of the Lord. Okay? So we have an additional function. With this additional function, all right, we involve the Holy Spirit. Now I need you to see this. So now we have two members of the Godhead in this. Okay? It's more good news. Notice he also says, call for the elders of the church. Now, when we go to verse 15, let's go to verse 15. It says, and the prayer of faith. So who is praying the prayer of faith? The elders. Okay? So the elders are praying the prayer of faith. Notice it's not just prayer. You see, this is the other thing. People say, well, so-and-so came and prayed and the person died. Okay, it didn't say prayer will get the person healed. See, again, we keep missing it. It says the prayer of faith. So you can pray and not be in faith. You can literally be praying and going, oh my God, I hope this works. Come on, can we be real now? Sweetheart, that is not the time to go pray. You need to go hear the word some more. <laughs> you need to confess some more. You need to build your faith before you go do that. Because you're doing the person a disservice, and then that person is going to make a doctrine out of it. That preacher came and prayed, and my uncle died. 
So it's not going to always... Now he doesn't know. The preacher was going, Oh my God, I hope this works. I kicked the cat today, I swore. And you know, I was mean today. And you know, sorry God, but you know. Okay? All of that you don't hear. So what do we do? We say, oh, it's the sovereign will of God to heal some and not others. And we do stupid things. <laughs> okay? That's why I said, can, you know, we've got to take responsibility. Let's stop blaming God for everything. He's done everything that He knows to do and can be done for us to be in a position where we lay hands on the sick and they will recover. No ifs, no ands, no buts. If there was, Jesus would have put one in there. If He didn't, it means we're messing up somewhere. And we've got to stop blaming God for everything. Now don't get under condemnation with this either. Let's take responsibility without the condemnation and work at getting better. Can we do that? Amen? Let's just keep pushing forward. Condemnation stops you. Slows you down and literally stops you. You just go, okay, something isn't right. Let's work at it again. Expectation. Go back and go, God, I expect this to work 100% of the time. Why isn't it working? Talk to me. Amen. Now, you know, there may be things that He asks you to do that you may not be ready to do yet. Can you be honest with that? And be careful who you pray for then, because they're going to take what you do as God's ultimate will. And they don't know you're struggling with things. Amen. I hope this is helping you. I want to preach to you both as a recipient of healing and also the person that will lay hands on the sick. Okay, because you guys need both sides of this. I think enough of just one side. Let's, let's go with both sides now. I think we're grown up enough and we need to move forward in the things of God. Amen? Now, notice the significance of elders praying the prayer of faith. What does that remind you of? Now remember I already said, when you pray in the name of the Lord, Jesus is involved. When you anoint with oil, the Holy Spirit gets involved. Remember Matthew chapter 18? Let's just jump forward a little bit. You know, I had a really nice thing prepared here. Let's go, <laughs> let's go to Matthew 18. Look at verses 19 and 20. There's more than one person praying in faith here. So this falls now in an additional category of a prayer of agreement. Can we see this? Now watch what happens in a prayer of agreement. Jesus is speaking, Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. If any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, touching anything. Now I know some other translations have different words, but I like the King James there, because we are laying hands on people. So let's use that. Because you can touch people with your faith and you know, so on and so forth. I like that word here and I want to keep it. Okay? And he says, touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them. So if you touch and you say, God, I want this person healed. Now, who are we talking about? Look at what it says. It shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. What do we see from this? This prayer has Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father involved. The whole Godhead is involved in this thing. Because of all the things that you do. Can you see how powerful this thing is? Now I need you to see the power behind this. Because as we believe, we will receive. If we look at this and go, Whoa, there is a lot behind this. When we anoint with oil, we're just not sticking oil so that you know they go, Oh, it's oil and it's hard to get off. Okay, You're not just sticking things on people's head just because it's a religious thing. Everything is symbolic. 
When you pray in the name of Jesus, Jesus has his hand. When you stick the oil on them, the Holy Spirit got involved. When you agree and you're praying together, God says, I'm here too. The Father. They're all God, okay? <laughs> Alright? So you got the whole Godhead involved. My Lord, what else do you want? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're all there. That's why it goes in the say, and they, He will raise Him up. There's no question about that. That was one of the other things that the commentators, as much as they were going negative, you know, one was honest and said, you know, there is absolutely no place in any of what is being said here for a failure. Isn't that interesting? He says, this scripture doesn't have any place for failure. But then they go talk about all the failures. It is amazing how double-minded the religious world is. I like their honesty while they're honest. Saddens me when they stick their experience in. Anyway, getting back to this. So, notice something else here. and This is of utmost importance. Notice he says, and the prayer of faith... We'll look at some of those things I talked about in more detail in just a minute, okay? Notice he says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now, one of the big problems is that we sort of, when we're laying hands on people, we have this issue that comes up, what if they're sinning, what if they've done something wrong, and I'm praying for them, and they're not getting healed because they have sin in their life. Have you all had that thought? Okay, this takes care of that now. You know why? Because you can't have anything getting in the way of your faith and your believing God and your thinking. And see, this is how the devil will get you. He will get you confused. He will get you thinking about, oh, maybe they're sinning. You know they didn't do all well that last week and you heard a story about it. He'll make sure he gets the stories to you. This is how the devil works. He'll get the person to do something. He will get them to do something. Then he will get that news to the person that's going to pray for them. Then when you're praying for them, he'll remind you. That's how he sabotages it. And we need to be aware of that. The wiles of the devil. Do you hear me? Oh, he's wily, all right. Okay? <laughs> and you need to be aware of that and understand, I'm going to give you some wisdom. I'm going to give you something that I pray will help you. When you have that thought jump in your head, remember what I'm about to tell you. Matthew chapter 9. Let's go there. And I'm going to read from verses 2 through 6. Matthew 9. Beginning in verse 2, it says, Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic, lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith... Now, notice this is a paralytic. This is not an emotionally crippled person. This is a physically crippled person. Can I get an amen on that? Okay, paralytic is a physically crippled person, lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Be healed. No, he said, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. Ah, Jesus, you kind of missed something here. Let's keep reading. And at once, some of the scribes said within themselves, oh, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? Listen now. For which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you. Or to say, Arise and walk. Uh, Jesus, they're two totally different things, Jesus. Us religious people, this is a totally... Their sins is different to arise, get up and walk, Jesus. You have to deal with one Jesus before you go deal with the other. Because that's everybody, everybody tells us now. You go fix your sin, and then you come back, and then God will heal you. <laughs> come on now, okay? I got taught that. I did that till now. I won't do that anymore. Hey, we live, we learn, we grow. We move on. Amen. 
Okay. We admit our faults, yeah. one to another. No. <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man. Look at this. Look, we missed this. He says, which is easier? Your sins are forgiven? Arise and walk. I know the religious people, he, he just spun them all out right then. Okay, watch now. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. What do we learn from this? First thing we realize is when Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, the guy got healed. The healing took place at that point. But then look, he said, what is your problem? All the religious people are going nuts. He goes, what is easy to say? Your sins are forgiven? Or arise, take your bed, go home. Listen, are you ready for this? When you are praying for someone, if they have any sins, watch what James said. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Did you see that? He said God will raise the person up. If, if sin was involved in this, it will be forgiven. To be raised up means your sins are forgiven. To, be have, to have your sins forgiven means you'll be raised up. It doesn't matter which way. So don't let one get in the way of the other. There are two sides of the same coin. Do you get that? Sins are forgiven, arise, take up a bit more. Healing, forgiveness. Healing, forgiveness. Hand in hand. They get healed, they're forgiven. You don't have to ask anything more. Remember the guy the pool of Bethesda? He said, don't do this again unless a worse thing come on you. So he said, your sin got you this way. He said, I've healed you. Which means your sins are forgiven. And so he's now having your sins forgiven. Don't do that again. That's how you advise someone. If God tells you there is a sin there, don't stop and say, oh, the Lord told me you have to see we missed it. Again, we messed up. Okay, again, we thought, oh, God has revealed the sin in them, so now I've got to find out what that sin is. They have to confess their sin. And only then can I heal. No, you missed the boat, sweetie. You got the card in front of the horse now. No, the Lord lets you know there's a sin there because once he gets healed, let him know, no, don't do that again. That's the only reason you knew about that. If we don't get this, we'll miss the power of God. It won't flow because we'll have a problem with it. Okay? We love to judge. It's a problem with us. That's why Jesus said, don't judge. Amen? Makes sense, doesn't it? Hallelujah. Okay. Next, the sick. Now, these are not spiritually, emotionally weak people, okay? <laughs> One of the greatest scholars of our time, and I want to bring this to you because people will argue. I mean, I've read some of the commentaries of people that are meant to be, you know, just giants in the scholarly world, and they just carry on about, oh no, this is not physical sickness. They'll give you all the Greek words and tell you, oh, it's just emotional weaknesses and everything else. Except it says, the Lord will raise him up. So here is somebody else, a giant in the scholarly world. Listen to this. In the New Testament, material that has exercised the greatest influence on James' vocabulary and theology, which is the Gospels, the Greek word used, listen, always denotes physical illness. Even though some will say the Greek word actually means this and everything else, this man, and he's an extraordinary scholar, he says this word means physical illness. Okay, so that's what James is talking about. Now, this is abundantly evident in what Mark chapter 6 verse 13 says. So turn there. Which happens to be the only other time 
that this practice is mentioned in the entire New Testament. Alright? Watch this. Mark chapter 6, I'm going to read from verses 12 to verse 13. It says, So they, referring to the apostles, went out and preached that people should repent, and they cast out many demons, listen, and anointed with oil many who were sick, and healed them. That wasn't emotional. That was physical. Amen? Alright. So regardless of what people say, this is in fact making reference to those who are physically sick. So, you know, when we are talking about praying for you, and laying hands on you, and anointing with oil, this is for physical things. Amen? Alright. Now, remember again, and I want to show, show you something here. Remember again, it said, not just prayer, but the prayer of faith will save the sick. This confirms what Jesus said in Mark sixteen seventeen, And that is, and these signs will follow those who believe. The prayer of faith will save the sick. What is the sign that will follow? Healing. Okay? But only those who believe. So, once again, it's the prayer of faith that will save the sick. These signs will follow those who believe. Are you seeing the parallel there? Okay. Next thing. In Mark 16, verses 17 and 18, Jesus said, Again, in my name, they shall lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And then in John 14, he says, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now we have this confirmed here again with James saying in James 5.14, Let them pray over him in the name of the Lord. Remember, in my name, they shall lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Let them pray over him in the name of the Lord. And then it says in verse 15, And the Lord will raise him up. They shall recover. And the Lord will raise them up. Remember Jesus said, I will do it. Notice who raises them up. The Lord will raise him up. Again, it's not you. Everybody take a deep breath. Thank God. <laughs> okay? It's not you. He'll do it. You just need to give him access through you. But he'll do it. Amen? And if something isn't working, we just need to keep working at it till it works. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. Now, notice here, there's no possibility of failure. There is nothing. It didn't say the Lord may raise him up. That's what most theologians like to say. If they were writing James, they'll take it out and go, No, 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 James, you can't say the Lord will. You should say the Lord may. We need to be careful that we're not adding to the Word of God. It says the Lord will raise him up. The Lord will raise him up. You do your part, He'll do His part. Amen? Alright, again, no condemnation to those who are in Christ. We're just learning and we're moving forward. So what is the only thing then that can get in the way of all of this? Now you have the knowledge, it comes down to faith. Amen? Now one of the problems that we have is brought out in 1 John chapter 3. Please turn there, let me show you. 1 John chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 21 and 22. It's a very subtle thing, and a lot of people miss this. So I don't want you to miss this. Okay? 1 John chapter 3, beginning in verse 21, the Apostle John is writing and he says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence, we have faith toward God. Can I say that? And whatever we ask, we receive from Him. Because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. So as we live a life that is right before God, then your heart doesn't get in the way of you believing and receiving, whether it's for yourself or somebody you love. This is where the devil gets most traction 
as far as stopping healing from happening. Listen carefully, it's in you. It's about your unbelief. It's about you having some kind of a, a condemnation going on. Something going on inside of you that's as much as you want to pray, as much as you might want to receive healing or pray for somebody for healing, you, you, you know, inside of you the devil's going, oh yeah, but. Don't let the devil do a yeah, but on you. Okay? Because if your heart condemns you, all of this will work in reverse. Listen, can I read in reverse now? If our heart condemns us, we don't have confidence toward God. And what we ask from Him, we are not going to receive it. Because we didn't keep His commandments and we didn't do what was pleasing in His sight. That's the trip the devil will take you on. Do you know how quickly you can get out of that? 1 John 1.9 If we confess our just sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Which means there is no more problem. It takes one moment in time to fix it. Don't let it become a big problem and an obstacle when you're praying or receiving. And please be honest. If something comes up, get it out of the way. Come back. You have to do it in front of them because they're going, Oh, I don't know if I need you to lay hands on me. <laughs> you got problems, dude. <laughs> hey, get in the line with me. Let somebody else pray for us. <laughs> okay? They're all here. Well, yeah, okay? All right? Listen, man. You need to do stuff. Get it done. Come back and just keep going. Amen? Remember, faith is in the heart. That's the power center. That's why Jesus said, remember, we go back to Mark eleven twenty three, Huh? What did He say? For verily, I say unto you, that whoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. So you can't have doubt and you can't have condemnation. The doubt will come from condemnation. Did you know that? But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. So when you say in the name of Jesus, you believe you're going to have it. And he says, therefore, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And if we're praying for healing, then you shall have that. Amen. So what's your part? Let's finish with these scriptures. Mark chapter 9, Jesus said to him, if you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. And if you're having trouble with this, go to the next verse. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. He's going, I want to believe, but I got unbelief. Help. It's okay. You know, the kid got healed. Do we know that? Kid got healed. Just be honest. You got unbelief in there? You've got some problems? Say, God, I got a problem. Help. Alright? It'll take a moment for him to say, It's okay. I knew. You just need to acknowledge it. Now you've done it. Now we're good. Keep going. Amen. Might be a little bump in the power flow and then you're back on. Hallelujah. Amen? Listen to me. God isn't trying to stop His power flowing through you. He's looking for every avenue to get His power flowing in this earth. A price was paid for it to flow freely down here. The problem is, God said it, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They just don't know that. So they're looking for anything and everything that could get in the way of this happening. And why should God do it through me and blah, blah, blah. Hey, forget about all of that. He has done everything necessary to get it working. Now you get it working. Amen? Amen. 
Alright, so whatever the case, don't let the devil condemn you. Romans 8.1 There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh or the visible, can I say that, but according to the Spirit, the invisible. Amen? Remember 2 Corinthians? Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, verses 17 and 18, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen. Because the things that are seen are temporary, subject to change. Sickness is subject to change. Amen? It may look like it's never going to change, but it's subject to change. Things that are not seen are eternal. Eternal things will always change temporary things. Amen. Amen. So are we ready to walk by faith? Not by sight? You know the sight that you are to walk by is an internal sight. You need to see on the inside things working. See, that's why faith and sight are put together on the same line. It's saying, don't look naturally, look spiritually. There is an eye of faith. The eye of faith sees it done. The natural eye sees what's happening currently. The eye of faith says, no, no, no. I'm walking by what I can see on the inside, and I'm not moved by what is on the outside, because the outside will change, as long as I don't change. Amen? Amen? You, having done all to stand, stand. Hallelujah. And we'll pick up spiritual warfare next week, and keep going. All right? Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.